Blog Talk Radio. And I tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible uh, due to an education grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, um, and I have, a, a, well, I need you guys to bear in with me, to, bear with me today because uh, for the first time ever, I'm doing this on Facebook Messenger, and um, <laughs> it's very interesting. So I have um, Anne Elizabeth with us. Um, who is part of the HD community, and she's going to be sharing her story with us today. Um, but hopefully it's loud enough. Um, if not, then we can always redo the show later. Um, but we're going to try it this way and see how well we do with um, – basically it's a video chat, and I'm, I'm doing it on air too. So um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But um, can I call you just Anne? Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, great. And thank you so much for co- coming on the show today. So um, with, let's start off with um, how are you affected by Huntington's disease? Um, I was actually born in an HD family, so my grandma and grandpa had it, and but I never saw him because he passed away when my dad was 20. Uh, but my uncle had it when I was born, so he showed symptoms since he passed away when I was eight, and then my dad started showing symptoms when I was five years old. And now when I'm, tw- I'm 23 now, and sadly my dad passed away two months ago. I'm so sorry about your dad. And where are you from? I am originally from Sweden. I'm born and raised in Sweden, but a big part of my family lives in Colombia. So basically, I was going to do, I was going to study in a university this term, and during that time, the pandemic happened, and during the pandemic, Sally, my father, passed away, so there was no way to be there for him, and because of the strict rules, there were not people to go say hi to him or anything, and since I'm the only family member left on his side, my parents are divorced, so I'm, I'm the only friend, caretaker, family member that he had, so it was, it was really rough. Was he in a facility? Is that?
lot of people are actually not used to how it works or the people because every single person is different with the symptoms so they they have difficulty going from one person to another because they expect the same thing so that was an issue we had so i was pretty happy that in the, this year like one year before when he got to this house because it was far away it's two hours by car yeah uh, it was worth it to be honest because people actually understood it this is much better to take care of and that's, yeah, I mean, it's amazing when somebody understands. Nobody really knows until they actually have to deal with it. And when you find people who know about it, it's just so, it's such a relief. Um, so, and so you were the only family member left. That had to be really hard on you. This has got to be extremely difficult. you've had to deal with this alone have you had a support system yourself has your mom been there yeah. for you and other family
so I can call her anytime. I can, Matt from HDO has been writing to me when I need to and when my dad passed away and the ones that people working for the HDO organization in Sweden are doing the same. They're always checking up on me and my family and my mom and my other uncle and Good. Matt and HDO, they're just absolutely amazing, and I'm just so impressed. Matt's been a longtime friend, and, um, you know, if there's anybody who can give support, it's, it's him because he's been through it. And So I'm glad he's been there for you. I'm glad that you've had HDO, and, um, you know, I I feel for you. My father's going through HD, like the, we're dealing with stages but moving into advanced stages and um it's it's hard and um and please know i'm thinking of you it's just so so tough and i'm so sorry um um what would you what would you tell other young people who are in a similar situation where they're pretty much the the family member um and they really don't have anybody else, what would you suggest for them? I would actually do something. I, it's a thing I recommend that I didn't follow, and that's, first of all, you have to take care of yourself first, because when you take care of someone with HD, your mental health and everything is going to drain you. And you, you. For instance, I started taking care of my dad when I was eight, and stopped it when I was around 21, and I, for not a second, I, I didn't think about myself. I'm sure I went to a talking to psychologists, but that didn't help much, and since they didn't make me look at the mirror and see myself, what I was feeling, I, I ignored all of the symptoms and when my brain started telling me that I was being sick or being, it got pretty bad, and then I started doing things that that I that I did not wish for. Like I just went autopilot for a when I started focusing on myself. And when Matt said that what my dad wished for is actually for me to live my own life and forward and enjoy everything because you we're all at risk. So <laughs> if we take care and forget about ourselves on our best years. Then we're gonna waste a lot of good years, and I think it's really important to first start taking care of yourself, and also seek help from other people. Like it can be a small thing, such as talking with a friend. It doesn't have to be a psychologist, a neurologist, or anything. You can start with a friend, and then go from there to find a way where you can not be alone. Sorry about that. My two-year-old decided to come in. I work. I work at the preschool usually, so I, I know how you feel. Oh, good. It's always at the worst time. Um, yeah. But I think that's great advice, um, especially you know so important that we have support. And one of the things I really love about um, things like Zoom and Facebook Messenger 
and um, things like that is we're now able to do these get-togethers virtually, um, and we can see each other. And for me, that's a, more of a connection than anything else, um, unless we're in person. And I really enjoy being in person and having that connection, but when we can't do that, doing these virtual calls and stuff are just so amazing. Um, and, I, and it's really important because a lot of people actually struggle a lot at home. Yes. And since you can't go out or anything, you're stuck with being with the disease all the time and, or with the person being moody or having to take care of them more than you used to. Yeah. So it's really, it's really a rough situation. So mm-hmm. it's really good to have some other way to talk with people, especially in the same situation, because that's what usually helped me when I used to go to HD camps, whether it was in Sweden or in Europe with the HDO, that helped me a lot because you feel so alone with this rare disease in your family and then you meet up with such a huge group that shares the same emotions. It's just magical because you don't even have to explain yourself. You can just say you had a bad day and they'd be like, yeah, I get you. (laughs) Totally. Yep. Absolutely. Um, So, before I let you go, did you have any final, well, I wanted to ask another thing. So being in another country, um, especially during the pandemic, so you couldn't go anywhere, right? They shut down travel completely. Yeah. Yeah. So are you still stuck or are they, is travel still? still (laughs) I was supposed to be in Sweden like four days ago and the airport is closed until September. I can't travel until September, and the issue is with the airplanes that the embassy, em, em, what's it called? Embassy. Embassy, embassy thank you. <laughs> yeah, the embassy. The issue with the airplanes, they offer is that they cost a lot of money, yeah. and I don't I don't come from a family that has a lot of money. I'm, I'm actually lucky to be here because I managed to get scholarships. That's, that's the reason how I managed to get here. So it was a miracle. And then when they tell me, oh, you have to travel home and I can't, and they they tell you to pay like $110 for a, t- a one-way ticket. And you don't even end where you want to end. And you have to be mixed with people from different countries without making sure you're actually safe. And at the same time, um, I can't even do that. If I bought the ticket, I wouldn't be able to fly. I live in another city, and they only let the, the airplanes go from the capital. And here from this city, you can't travel with car, bus, or anything outside of the, the city. So it's really complicated. And you're so, and that's and, until September. Yeah, so I have to stay for an extra three months. I'm so sorry. I that's tough. Yeah. And yeah. So what I've been doing is just saving up money, hoping hoping to survive. Yeah. And selling stuff like selling my art on the internet because usually I I study and work to have my economy going, but right now it's not looking so well. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, Gosh, that may, you know, I, I wish there was a way that we could get you back where you need to be, you know. Um, it's so hard with all of the COVID stuff going on and and countries 
dealing with it differently as well. You know, here in the U S they're already opening everything up. And um, so it's, it's very interesting to see how, how countries are doing it differently. Um, When you get back, uh, are you going to be able to do a memorial service for your father? Yeah, that's a good thing about Sweden, that that's different, at least from Colombia. I don't know how it's in the United States, but in Sweden, you have actually like a year to do the ceremony. So you don't have to do it the day after, like here in Colombia. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to be worried about, oh, I missed my dad's funeral or anything. No, I, I, I can actually still attend it. I still right. have the time for it. So that's, that's, that's really good. Yeah. And right now they have shifted him to Gothenburg because his house, his home lived, is in, in another country, in another city, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, so they had to transport him because I want him to be in the same grave with his mom, dad, brother, sister. Yeah. Them. So they, okay. they can be together again. That's good. I'm so glad you'll be able to do that. That's at least something. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a gift during this pandemic that, that this is possible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anne, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Um, Same. And anytime you want to talk, please feel free to reach out. You know, I, I know that this is going to be really tough um, dealing with grief. And, um, you know, I'm glad that you have support. Please know that you have support here as well. And um, And please feel free to reach out. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. No, thank you. Yes, and you have a great day. We're going to end here, and we will see you guys next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.